You're listening to Thinker's What Works podcast. I'm your host, Jason Todd, with my co-host, Alex Geary. And today, Tanya May, a health and wellness specialist, along with a fitness, yoga, Pilates, a bar instructor, and a salesperson. Tanya, welcome to the What Works podcast. Thank you. I'm really happy to be here. It's it's a pleasure to have you here. We've, we've known you for several years, uh, and... Yeah, you you're connected around town to all sorts of things of fitness, and you're also a, a health a health coach, yeah. I am. Yes, I graduated from the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, so I look at the whole person, not just food. So fitness comes in, um, essential oils, as well as reducing stress, which precipitates people not exercising or choosing those salty or sugary snacks. You know, <laughs> right? All the all of our bad vices come out yeah. in high stress times. Yeah. So today we're talking about the gig economy and surviving in the gig economy. Mm-hmm. You you are a person who survives in the gig economy. Mm-hmm. That is true. Yeah. Um, it's for me. It's nice to be able to bring together some of my um, interests. I love sales and marketing, which I'm happy to be part of. Thinker Ventures here. (laughs) And then also my passion too is that health and wellness and really helping people on their journey. And I think the nice thing with being able to be an independent sales rep is that it allows me the flexibility to teach a class, you know, maybe during the day where I couldn't on, you know, in a regular job. Yeah. Um, So I can, I can mix things throughout the day. I'm kind of a stat nut. And so um, when I, we asked Tanya to come in, I, I started looking at the statistics um, behind the economy. And one mm-hmm. of the things I read is that between 2005 and 2015, mm-hmm. 90% of the job growth in America was uh, contract or independent contractors. People were just working for themselves. They worked for several people, but they, in the end, they're actually their own boss. And the percentage by 2020 is going to four out of ten workers in the United States are going to be not somebody who goes to a desk nine to five. Uh, what's the advantage of your lifestyle now compared to like working a nine to five job? Um, now it's where you know I can not only help other people and bring in an income, but I can bridge all of my favorite things together. Um, I love helping people and businesses grow, um, but I also like to help individuals grow on their health journey. So it allows me to make money, but do things that I love doing versus sitting at a desk. Um, For me personally, I have a history of back issues that goes back to my teenage years. So me sitting for long amounts of time does not fit my body. (laughs) I need to move. And so that's one of the reasons I have evolved the way that I have uh, in the workforce. So, What have you noticed for some of the struggles in uh, in, in keeping all of these different paths together? Uh, sometimes it's kind of hard for people to understand exactly what I do. Sure. <laughs> you know, I, I describe myself as kind of a jack-of-all-trades, expert of none, if you will, but I've kind of always been like that at the same time. Uh, so I think that's one of the biggest challenges. Um, on the other side, I think it's um, also letting people know that I can devote 100% of my attention to them um, for a dedicated amount of time. Yeah. Um, what I'm working on right at that point is what I focus on. So. And what's, what's, what's the exciting thing about uh, having these different avenues that you, you, you work with every day? 
Life is never boring. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah. Because I, you know, there's some things that are appointments that I can predict. Okay. But um, those conversations, you don't necessarily know exactly where they're going to lead. And so um, it might be a big sale one day or a great connection, or it might be helping a client um, feel like they can now do this certain yoga pose or uh, they're able to overcome stress by some um, technique that I introduced them to that honestly they had in their back pocket, but they needed a little encouragement. Right. <laughs> they didn't know it was there. Right. Do you feel like you, you're you never not working? I mean, is, is there all, are you, you're eating dinner and you hear something and mm-hmm. you know, you want to make a connection. I mean, is there ever a time you kind of turn yourself off? I do um, value like self-care, but in the same sense, when I'm doing things that I love, it's easy to just kind of let it flow into day-to-day life. It might be a social media post or it might be, you know, sending an email back or making a phone call. But when I find myself like teaching a class or meeting with a health coaching client or talking with someone about this um you know, uh, opportunity to help their business. When I'm mixing the passions together, it's like I'm not working. I'm just doing, you know, things that I really enjoy. And that's what's nice about it because it doesn't feel like work. It would seem that you're, since you're bringing into your professional life all of these different aspects of the things that you love, you've, your your energy kind of flows easily one into the next and those connections are just, uh, uh, I guess, well, they flow, right? You're never, you're never, right. you're never thinking. Okay, well now I got to make this break from this thing, move it over to this thing, existing in boxes. You're just kind of going wherever the energy takes you. Exactly, I totally agree with that. It's kind of, I use yoga now as a lot of my examples, just because it's become such a big part of my life. And you know, in yoga, the big thing that I mention is there's no competition, there's no judgment, there's no expectation when you're in that space. You know, it's your focus is on your mat, not somebody else in the room, not on me. It's focus your energy inwardly on yourself. And I try to take that same message and live that every day in myself. And it's sometimes it's easier than others. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like that. I like that outlook. If, if it's so good in yoga, this idea of no, no competition, no mm-hmm. judgment, no expectations, why, why don't people then adopt that sort of outlook throughout the rest of their day like, like you're trying to? You know, I think we live in a society where we're very competitively driven in many ways. Like, um, but I think the more that we can evolve into our authentic selves, and that's a lot of what I teach too, <laughs> is authenticity. And in order to do that, you have to look inward. And sometimes that can be the scariest thing for somebody to do, you know, because none of us are perfect. But when you look inward and you can go, okay, what do I really, really enjoy and what lights my fire and what gives me energy to keep functioning every day? Isn't that why we're here? So you, yeah. you're th- – this authentic self, I mean, it's, a, it's almost a buzzword. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, 
I think people struggle with understanding. I know I do. I struggle with understanding, well, what exactly is that? Who is my authentic self? And so you're talking about, you know, these things of what, what wakes you up in the morning, what gives you energy, where do you come alive versus those things that are more kind of a trudgery, the things that pull you down, the things, well, I got to, I have to do that. But there are those things that you have to do. Is that just me? Right. Does that mean you're not being authentic to yourself just because you have to do something that doesn't bring you joy? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, no, just because something doesn't bring joy doesn't mean you're not being authentic. We all have the chores that we need to do around the house yeah. that, you know, we don't necessarily like taking out the garbage or, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, washing the floor, whatever it is. But being authentic um, to me is, you know, are you connected inwardly? Like, do you really know, you know, what you like to do or are you listening to your parents or to, you know, a, a best friend that says, you should do this because, and it doesn't align with your personal beliefs. Does that make sense? Oh, that's a struggle always, though, isn't it? Yeah. Like, I have a daughter who's 19 who I really think should be at college, but mm -hmm. she wants to save money and move to California and try to be an actress. Mm -hmm. um, if I make her go to college, she's not going to go to class anyway and just waste money. And and right now, that's just not something she wants to do. Mm -hmm. But you look at it from the other standpoint, you're like, you know that getting a college degree is worth this many dollars on average in a lifetime. So yeah. uh, it's a, that's a struggle, I think, with all kinds of people. So there are, it seems to me that there are things that enable you to be or live out your authentic self. There, there are there are those necessary things. So for instance, mm -hmm. if we didn't take out the garbage and, and really who likes taking out the garbage, but if somebody's listening to this and they're like, I like taking out the garbage, <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's that person. <laughs> if you are that person, I apologize. So if for those things that we don't like to do, if we didn't take out the garbage, if we didn't do that thing, we don't want to do, then our houses would pile up and then right. our authentic self would be trapped in a home that stinks and is falling apart. Mm -hmm. So, this I, I love I I, I want to talk about this authentic self yeah. a bit. So how how do you move how do you move a person or what kind of questions do you ask? How do you coach a person? Draw it out draw out for them I guess mm -hmm. who their authentic self is. Um, asking them to reflect on a, a lot of it is journaling. To be honest, I'm big okay. on having people write things down because there's a, a therapeutic. Uh, way when you're writing on a piece of paper or typing in a computer for some, mm -hmm. you know, you're, you're taking yourself on that journey of what's important. So if, you, if money were not an object, you know, what exactly do you enjoy doing? And I don't mean to say um, that we can forgo paying our bills to be our authentic selves. That's not what I'm saying, if that was maybe misconstrued somehow. No, not, not at all. But, um, but it's where, you know, are you being, you know, true to yourself in that, okay, if you like taking a yoga class, are you able to find a time to go to that class? Or if you like to, um, maybe you like to travel, maybe that's where your passion is. Are you able to at least fit that in somehow? For some, it might be a camping trip. It might be going to Europe or going somewhere. You know, there's different variations to every single thing that you do um, that can be authentic. It's, it's that playing out what feels good in the soul, like you're not sacrificing yourself for something else, for another reason, for another cause, for another person. It's that... You know, would I believe in 
being true to myself, and this is what I tell clients is, you know, it's really feeling centered and feeling like, gosh, this feels like it just fits. And so for some people, it may be that, you know, they have a passion in the kitchen or one client, for example, she um, was having hard, a hard time getting rid of some stress. And I said, when do you feel the most relaxed? And she said, when I'm at the beach, rubbing my feet in the sand. And I said, okay. And this was in the middle of winter. Obviously, we don't have a beach right there, and we don't have sand that you can rub your feet through in Illinois. So um, I said, well, can you get, like, um, sandbox sand and put it in a Rubbermaid so that you always have that sand to rub your feet back and forth in? And so... Her husband actually did that for her. Okay. And she was like, that has made all the difference in the world, just having that ability. I can stand up. I can move my feet around. I can sit and move my feet around. So my point is, it's not always the most obvious. I mean, mm -hmm. who's going to think to put sand in a rubber-made right. box? But for her, that was a way for her to connect to something that feels good, nurtures her. It's a tactile feeling. So we're all very different. It's just finding out what that piece is for that person. Do you think, or is in your experience, is this idea is this idea of searching for your authentic self? Is that a generational thing? Do you think previous generations? I'm thinking like my my grandma and my grandpa. My my grandpa was a, a like a bread truck driver for forever. I'm not sure that his authentic self was driving, delivering bread. I never had a chance to ask him um, about you know topics like this, and but. You know, whereas my grandma, she she spent some time as a librarian when she was younger, and then and then she moved out to to the Rockford area, and wasn't a librarian anymore. I feel like in my discussions with her, being a librarian was was her authentic self, and mm -hmm. if she could have done that forever, she probably would have. Mm -hmm. So, do you do you think that this search, this intense need, or this this movement towards have to find your authentic self is that a generational thing? I think. Possibly. I mean, you think back to our, our grandparents, our parents, and, you know, the media wasn't as much out there. We mm -hmm. didn't have as many magazines telling us what we should look like, right. who we should be, you know, who wants to replicate, you know, pick a famous actress, Nicole Kidman, Katy Perry, you know, sure. whoever. Um, but we all strive to, whether it be wear the same makeup, wear the same clothes, be the same size, mm -hmm. you know, there's this, there's this avenue of access that we didn't even have in the 80s when I was a kid. Yeah. You know? And so I think it's changed a lot because of social media. So it's kind of, m my opinion is that authentic self has become an issue because when have you had the time to sit back and think, who am I versus looking at Facebook? Well, and, and there's more time to sit back and think about that. Because I think about, you know, in the 20s, 30s, 40s, it took a long time to prepare a meal. Mm -hmm. It took a long time to clean a house. It took a long time to clean the laundry. Now it's like pop it in the oven or throw it in the laundry. You know, you have more time to sit and watch TV, sit and look on the Internet. Um, which more leads options. More, yeah, mm -hmm. which leads to... More time to ruminate about things. Would you think, though, that that's kind of a comparison thing? So you're looking at TV, you're looking at magazines, you're mm -hmm. looking at Facebook. I would 
challenge you to think, okay, when it was our grandparents or parents, yes, those activities took a lot of time. But while they're doing those activities that take time, like one of the big struggles I see with my clients is a lot of them don't know how to cook. That was a given back then because we didn't have the fast food and all of that. Mm -hmm. You know, then they had to go, okay, this is what came out of the garden today, or this is what I got from the butcher. And this is what I'm making out of these ingredients mm -hmm. versus there wasn't a McDonald's to go to and, you know, just blindly, blindly we're ordering the Big Mac and the fries and the soda. You know, it's kind of, it's that oh, you, quick you're nature. Talking, one of the things you're talking about, that's mindless eating. That's one of the things they True. talk about a lot is, is people just because fill their mouth with stuff. <laughs> At, mm -hmm. Where in the old days you had to be intentional because you had to grow it and chop it up and cook it. So... Uh, Something comes to my mind in, in when you're talking about this this generation or these options where you could grow up not understanding how to cook, mm -hmm. which to me is um, – I can see how, how that would happen. Uh, it didn't happen for me. I know how to cook, and I enjoy it, and I like, and I, I like doing that. But I'm, I'm curious if – hypothetically, if previous generations had more time – on their hands and necessity maybe to create because cooking is a form of creation perhaps and uh taking care of the things around you is kind of a form of creation you're creating order uh, out of chaos do we somehow in that space find our you know quote unquote authentic self in what we create if we create enough things, we, do we eventually find what we're creating? Oh, that creation, that, that experience of creation, that brings me joy. That's my authentic self. This experience of creation is not me. Mm -hmm. And are we somehow trapped struggling to find ourselves, our, our authentic selves, because we don't spend enough time creating? I think that's a good point. Um, I think of it as in when you think of ethnic cooking, you have all these variety of spices to yeah. add. You could have the same five main ingredients, take chicken and then peppers and onions and, you know, add a few more things in there and just uh, you can make it into a stir fry. You can make it into, you know, an Italian dish. You can, but it depends. The variation is in the spices that you use, the sauces that you put on it. So, yeah, the authenticity is what do you create from those same ingredients? You know, how do you say, you know what, this is my creation. It's not just maybe following a recipe, but it could be. But it's like you're, you're choosing independently that this is what I'm doing with these same things. So you have a number of different ingredients that you work with mm -hmm. in your world. Uh, this, the health coaching, the fitness coaching, yoga sales and marketing do you find then for your authentic self these ingredients have come together and this is you've you've created as 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 much as you know now right because this mm -hmm. could change as much as you know now you've created your authentic self and you live that out in your work in your creative processes definitely um because it's a way for me to be authentic to myself on a personal angle as well as a professional angle. So I can I can bridge all those things together. You know, we're we're all, you know, people that as we grow, we change. You know, that's the that's the nature of living. We all have a journey and we don't know exactly where that road's going to take us, but yes. <laughs> so thinking then to your your clients or maybe yourself, how does a person get on 
track towards this journey, if they're feeling this kind of movement towards authenticity, and maybe it's maybe it's a man, I what am I doing for my job, and should I take up this gig economy thing? How does a person get started towards moving towards their authentic self? I think for one, it's uh, you know connecting with people that you can trust that are going to help you on that journey by you know ans- you know helping you to you know peel back the layers for yourself um but also you know spending time looking at okay what are your exact talents like of the things that you are trained in uh, i have a bachelor's degree in social work am i doing social work not right now no but i i use those skills every day in an underlying fashion so to your point about the the degree in college you know, I, I described it this way to my cousin, who's much younger. That degree is that ticket, that piece of paper to take you further. It doesn't mean that's what you always have to be. But you have to be open to those other things that your vi- your life evolves into that become your passions. You know, it, it may be, f- you know, fitness. It may be being a chef. I, you see many people later in life that change into and evolve into something else and i believe that it's like, is it's like they put the time in to make the money to do what they really wanted to do you hear right. i read that all the time oh you know, like a person i just i know from facebook just retired so that he could pursue music mm-hmm. he's in his 60s he really wanted to pursue music for 40 years but mm-hmm. he you know he he did the career thing first so yeah you talked about evolving into your, your authentic self I, I read uh something at one point in time uh, that said that people are extraordinarily bad at, at knowing what makes them happy. Mm. So when you look into something mm-hmm. from the outside and go, oh, that's not going to make me happy, or that's going to make me happy. And people search around for jobs that way too. I'm going to go get that job. That's going to make me happy. And then it's like, no, 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 it doesn't. Uh, that's not what you wanted to do because you can only determine these things. Maybe you can only determine your authentic self after you've done some things. Like the saying we give our kids, you know, you'll you'll find out when you're an adult. <laughs> You'll, you'll, it's, it's what, a, what a silly saying. How, how, how effective is that? They, the, the answer is you can't not, you couldn't possibly know until you've lived <laughs> some life, yeah. right? And then, and then you find out, oh, that's true. But that's a high, that's hindsight. It's always in retrospect. So this, this journey towards authenticity, and, and in, in our topic today, the gig economy. I think what you're talking about is you. You're, lo- you're looking at what are those tools that you have? What are those skills that you have? How can I apply those? And it seems it, through this process of journaling that you brought up and uh, that, that that process of journaling is an evaluation of my experiences. What, what's, this, what's the saying? I think it's a John Maxwell saying. He, he talks about uh, that uh, the saying of um, experience is the best teacher and how that's a lie. Because there's all sorts of people who have all sorts of experiences and they haven't learned anything, right? And so he says evaluated experience is the best teacher. We have to take that time to evaluate our experience so that we can make some sort of new changes or, or, or institute whatever we've learned. So is that, is that kind of where you're headed with this? You take these different skill sets, you uh, apply what you've learned today, you journal it to evaluate it, and then 
figure out what this what this new discovery is like hey where, where am i gonna if it is a journey where am i gonna go tomorrow what am i gonna do where's this head is that what you're thinking? Yes. Um, and I think a lot of the evolution that people come across is because of life experiences that, that they've had over the years. You know, um, for myself, I never thought of being a, a health coach until yeah. I, you know, resolved my own medical issues per talking with my doctor. But, you know, he was surprised at what I was able to do. And I was like, okay, there's a true need for this. Mm. So my passion came out of there's a need I did this for myself and I love the holistic side of things. So it's kind of taking your life experiences, melding it with something that you already like doing, but maybe it, there's a spin on it because of that life experience. So just nobody can ever look in a magic ball and say, this is what that journey is going to look like. Right. But it's, are you in tune with how you're evolving? and how you're growing in that journey. That's pretty deep. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> well, <laughs> I, this, this, uh, health, this life coaching thing is uh, <laughs> turning into a, <laughs> where, where do we go from here? I feel like I should start journaling. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a big deal, right? We talk to entrepreneurs yeah. and small business owners all the time. And they you know we all we all are on our own unique journeys but then when we're when we're trying to apply our like you talk call it our authentic selves into our work to create something that's unique and wonderful it's a real challenge it's not this isn't an easy uh an easy you know 10 step process it's not just as simple as going to the you know school and getting my stamp and ta da i've i've discovered my authentic self is uh microbiology chemistry you know i'm i'm a chemist it's not really that simple not exactly i mean just getting a degree is is simpler it's like okay these are the steps these are the 20 steps that i need to take and i'm going to finish in this yeah, amount isn't, of time isn't there a facebook test you can take no 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 wouldn't that be nice <laughs> yeah that would and be then nice. you share it with your friends yeah i found myself yeah it's like <laughs> your, what was your rapper name or your stripper name? Right. I'm sure if my, you look through that data at Cambridge Analytica. What's the stripper name? It's um, so this is this will be something. Else. Well, come on! If we're gonna know our authentic selves, well, we should know our stripper names. Yeah. It's your or, first or you, dog, or your yeah. WWE there you wrestler. It's your first yep. car. No, I'm sorry. It's your, isn't it? Isn't it your first? Uh, your first pet and the street you grew up <laughs> on, isn't it? Because if it is, here's the deal. Mine is Snooky Chatsworth. <laughs> I, so that would be uh, Cheyenne Coronado. Oh, that's upscale. I am I am down and dirty with Snooky Chatsworth, but you're like, oh, uh, well. My, my, my sister had a very high-end collie. That was an expensive dog. Mine's not very interesting. Mine would be Mandy Rural Route 2. <laughs> Mandy Rural can we, can we get business cards? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> Mandy Rural Route 2 oh goodness well you know that's good this is <laughs> we're coming on to something here <laughs> I, I'm trying to picture what Mandy Rural Route 2 no, <laughs> I'm no. trying to picture the movie <laughs> nope nope 
some post-apocalyptic thing. Yeah. It's got to be. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Well, all all it's your jo- survivor colony. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all joking aside, this is, I, it's really it's really important. The things that you're trying to do, to the tra- things that you're trying to help people with in in this life coaching, health coaching, even uh, fitness and yoga, and and addressing the whole purpose, the whole person is a big deal because sometimes people people struggle their entire lives trying to figure out who they are. True. Very true. And, you know, I think, like, my in seeing how, like, friends are struggling with, with different things and clients, um, I've established a um, empowered women's wellness group on um, Facebook actually to create that community, that sense of safety, that sense of, I can talk about my concerns, but I can grow in the process. And, you know, it's a it's an outlet for, um, you know, skills to be learned, um, support, you know, and just, you know, positive vibes. Yeah. You know, a we all need that support. A community of people looking yeah. for other, uh, trying to, to uh, uh, evaluate their own journeys. Yeah? Exactly. Well, this has been very educational, <laughs> Mandy. <laughs> 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 or shall I say Ms. Rural Route 2? Oh, boy. <laughs> this, seriously, though, this is, this is good stuff. So let's, let's close out with some, some wrapping it together with this gig economy thing. You are finding your authentic self in the gig economy by putting together the different skill sets you have and expressing them, expressing that creative energy through a professional life that allows you to to utilize these things, which actually do bring you joy. Not that you know taking out the garbage isn't a necessary thing, but but your the the vast majority of the energy you can apply in your day is built on the things that uh, that are your authentic self as you know it today. Is that true? Very true. And you can help other people find that. Exactly. That's pretty powerful. <laughs> so how would a person get a hold of you if they wanted to go find their authentic self? Sure. They can um, find me on Facebook. They can also check up my website at tanyamay.com. Probably so, should spell that. That yeah. is T-A-U-N-I-A-M-A-Y dot com. That's awesome. Well, Tanya, it, it's been a pleasure chatting with you today again been a real pleasure to know you for these last several years uh fascinating i I love what you're doing i love how you brought it all together i'm i'm encouraging our listeners if you're if you're interested in trying to put together what the gig economy might look like for you or or maybe you're struggling with who your authentic self is where are you inside yourself um reach out to tanya t-a-u-n-i-a-m is in mary a-y.com TanyaMay.com. Tanya, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for coming on the What Works Podcast. Thank you so much.